call it the City of Splendors, Crown of the North. I've seen the darkest parts of this city, smoky rooms where gamblers are one roll of the dice from losing their lives, underground cockatrice rings filled with suspicious statuary, orcish bookies, drow assassins, unlimited opportunity. Yeah, to some it's the City of Splendors, to everyone else, it's just Waterdeep. Okay, so uh, when last we left off, um, Kat and Talia had just interrogated some wealthy socialites uh, in a, like a, a little tea room. Um, and then following that, uh, after obtaining that information, they were going to head to uh, Adit's Wizardly Home Security to meet up with Max, Doran, and Ledger. Uh, so as we pick up this game, Max, you and the and the fellas uh, have just heard the gnomish supervisor of this factory uh, explain to you that very recently all of the crystal key cards were stolen. And that was sort of our cliffhanger ending. And before he could kind of go more in depth into that, uh, the receptionist comes in and lets him know that there's a tiefling and a half-elf there looking for a party that matches the description of the the folks in his office. So everything just kind of gets put on hold briefly while the Countess and Celine are brought into the room and that's where we'll pick up. So this game starts, the uh, receptionist ushers them in and then closes the door and go. What does uh, what what do we see in this uh, yeah. in this area? Oh, that's a that's a very that's an excellent point. Okay, so um, Countess, you and Celine are uh, you know ushered back through these doors into a kingdom of madness. Uh, there are gnomes kind of shooting around this room. They are experimenting with spells and technology. There are strange gadgets going off and explosions happening. Um, and the receptionist, who is very disinterested in all of this, uh, kind of walks past all of it and brings you into an office room where Max, Ledger, and Doran are sitting talking with a very uncomfortable-looking gnome. And the receptionist definitely doesn't tell either of you about any sort of unicorn nonsense. So she leaves you in the office and then takes off after that. Are my fingers still glowing? <laughs> no, your fingers have stopped glowing at this point. Okay, good. Everything's perfectly okay. Ledger is thumbing through a brochure and nodding agreeingly as he looks at each page. Oh, oh yes. Oh, this one for sure. <laughs> As I recall, at the end of our last session, we had determined that in exchange for keeping the secret that all of their key crystals had been stolen and have now been replaced, we would get some sort of security system of our own installed at the office? There was, there was an additional element that you also had to recover the stolen keys. Got it. So he's, this is, this is a subcontract now for 
a Waterdeep detective agency <laughs> where you, you've been contracted by Panana to find out who stole her artifact, uh, but you've also been subcontracted by this gnomish supervisor to find out who stole the crystal keys, which sounds like the next awful Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> 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 but, but isn't. So what Max will do is Max will introduce the countess to our gnome supervisor as our, uh, the, the water deep detective agency's benefactor. And I will kind of download both the countess and Celine with what we have discovered here at the security agency and get them up to speed on. We've discovered that they have very high security, very good stuff so far, but the crystal keys have been stolen and we are now subcontracted to recover those keys in exchange for a security system being installed at the Waterdeep Protective Agency's offices. The Countess is going to message Max and say, Well, that explains why it looks like he's swallowed a crystal key card. <laughs> Max will chuckle audibly. <laughs> <laughs> Ledger is enthusiastically showing Celine a, um, a thing that looks like some sort of colored explosion that douses a, uh, a perpetrator in uh, permanent dye that's in the brochure. Selena's is taking out her notepad and just making notes on this to see if she can replicate it later. <laughs> Did the boss goblin guy ever tell us exactly how the key cards were stolen? The, the gnomish guy, the supervisor. Oh yeah, sorry, the gnomish No, supervisor. we had not gotten to that uh, before we ended the last episode. Well, let's, uh, let's ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> the Countess is going to ask, um, did you use your own security system? He does sort of a awkward kind of like finger under the collar, sort of stretching it out a little bit like, um, and explains that oftentimes in the office, they get sort of distracted with their projects and um, developments. And um, it's possible that the system in the office itself was perhaps outdated compared to the newer stuff that they have developed. Hmm. That tracks with um, some information that I've heard about your company. Well, it seems like rather a poor bargain on our part if we took this job. Uh, he assures you that the the um, the security systems that their clients receive are top of the line, um, and that's the reason that the security system at the office was actually lacking was that they had made these developments in new ones and they were so focused on delivering them to the their customers in Waterdeep um, that they had neglected to take care of themselves. She's going to walk forward and bend down so that she's very close, like uncomfortably close to the gnome and say, well, my dear, you see, I have heard from a rather trusted source that you haven't been keeping your clients up to date. What do you have to say about that? He uh, He's visibly sweating 
Uh, and he says, I, I, I don't know what you mean. I, uh, uh, we, we install the, the best security systems in Waterdeep. Oh, I suppose that could be true, but if you don't update the systems, then what good are they? And if your key crystals are stolen and then used at a location where your security is currently installed, it makes for our job being very difficult to complete. He says um, that it's not just the the crystals. It's not just the wards that the crystals control. That in addition to the crystals, they also have the best locks, the best um, sort of uh, uh, material safeguards out there as well. The crystals are sort of the, the cornerstone, the keystone of the whole security apparatus um, but the the safety of their clients isn't solely reliant on that but they also um, you know fortify the buildings themselves and their office does have all that they do have um, you know very high quality locks very high quality um, material uh, uh, safeguards um, but at the time that the crystal keys were stolen, none of their magical wards were in place. Right. Well, here's what I'm saying to you right now. Our client, our original client, had your security system installed in their place of business. You say that the crystal keys were stolen. They had items stolen from their place of business without any sign of forced entry, which leads us to believe that they had one of your stolen crystal keys. So if you're saying that the security is not just reliant on a crystal key, how does that happen? He shrugs and he tells you that it shouldn't, that should be impossible. Uh, it would take some sort of master thief uh, to be able to bypass the material locks, the material safeguards, in addition to the magical ones. Selena's going to chime in and ask him, So, if you've had developments in your process, why haven't you been able to update your security system? What's taking so long in the developments that have delayed the rest of your progress? He, he looks uncomfortable again. He sort of, you know, is, is worrying his, his cuffs a little bit. Uh, and he says, Waterdeep isn't the city that it used to be. And we are adding clients faster than uh, we had originally anticipated. And so when a client signs on to a certain safety package, we deliver that safety package to them. Um, they always have the option to upgrade, but they we, we don't update the packages that they purchase. Is is this gnome wearing a, a jacket that has a, like a handkerchief in the shirt in the pocket? Yes, because I want to see where this is going. <laughs> the countess is going to uh, 
take her scepter and sort of draw out the uh, the handkerchief and put it between them and say, you may want to use this because it's going to get much hotter in here. Ooh, roll an intimidation check with advantage. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> First one is 18 plus one, so 19. Uh, so 19 is the highest. Yeah, he, he with very wide eyes, uh, just like reaches out and takes the handkerchief and like starts dabbing his forehead a little bit. Uh, but he doesn't break eye contact with you. He's just terrified right now. The, count- the Countess smiles and she's going to message Max again and just say, well, I'm not going to disclose the name here, but we have heard from the Lady Antellus um, that they haven't been upkeeping the security systems, and I'm feeling that this is rather a flaw. Max will turn and look and nod, and then let you continue. My dear, as I said, I've heard it on quite good authority that your systems haven't been upgraded. Are you trying to fleece your clients? He says, uh, uh, no, definitely not. We just haven't been able to keep up with demand. And uh, the fact of the matter is a new client is worth more than upgrading an old client. And so we've been prioritizing new clients and we haven't, we just haven't had the, the bandwidth to, this is, it's a bandwidth issue really. And that when we add a new client, it, that takes a lot, it, it's a lot of work and energy and time and there's bandwidth and some and we have bandwidth for some of them max is gonna hold up a finger and so sometimes if you say bandwidth one more time (laughs) i'm gonna come across the desk get us the list of every client whose key crystal was stolen and get it for us as quickly as possible please ledger looks up at this point he's been staring at this brochure the entire time do you think that we should get this pit of spikes? It's <laughs> <laughs> totally oblivious to everything that's been going on. Oh, Ledger, we, I think at the end of this, we shall have everything in that brochure. <laughs> Just check it, check, check it all off. It's, it'll be ours, right? Ledger nods and smiles. It's a knowing nod. Selena's just like rubbing her hands together, like excitedly. <laughs> the uh, the gnomish supervisor gulps audibly, and uh, he reaches into his desk and he pulls out a sheet of paper. Um, and it's not like a stack; it's it's just a, a, a single sheet of paper. And he says, "We've already identified all of the crystal key cards that were stolen. I have it right here for you. You can have it." Thank you. Max will take it. So Doran's like visibly flinching at every explosion and gnomish cackle outside. And he looks really annoyed, but still he pipes up and says, even with an outdated system, someone must have had inside knowledge to get in and steal everything without your knowledge. You must have a list of suspects or somebody who knew something. He says, we have begun our own investigations, but 
we we do this stuff. We do, and he waves an arm outside just as a gnome goes flying past on a like a rocket-like device. Um, he says, "We don't we don't know how to do this. You know, this is why you being here. Like, we don't have those connections. We don't know who would have done it. So, n- no." Celine wants to ask one more thing about the security system. So, if you're the best security system out here, what does your system offer that others don't? He swells visibly with pride. And he says, Gnomish ingenuity. Ledger points at the brochure where it says Gnomish Ingenuity on the cover. <laughs> yeah, it says it's in it's in like gold filigree across the brochure. We have some of that in our team. No, we don't. She wasn't talking about you, Doran. <laughs> <laughs> or was she? Uh, <laughs> And as, as he says gnomish ingenuity, another gnome um, goes by, but this time he's on, like, a pogo stick. <laughs> Celine's just going to respond with, I was looking more for uh, specifics on the type of elements the ingenuity produces. He explains that they harness spells and attach them to specific items with specific triggers. And that while other companies do very similar things, they are more grounded in their thinking. And so it becomes a lot more predictable for potential thieves to anticipate because a tripwire is a tripwire. And it doesn't matter if the end of the tripwire is a bunch of bells or a poisonous gas cloud spell or something like that. Uh, The gnomes think outside the box. And so instead of a tripwire, they'll have you know, something that looks like an artifact that you might want to steal, but that is actually an illusion, and it's covering up a cactus that when it stings you, you begin to smell like, uh, you know, a specific uh, desert flower, and you become easy to track by the city guard. You know, things things that, that thieves wouldn't anticipate. Do you happen to have such a thing that would have released the scent of, and then she'll list whatever the name of that perfume was? Birkenstock wood. Birkenstock wood. Uh, uh, no. He says that they, they wouldn't have anything like that. Um, the cactus example is something that they're currently experimenting with. Well, Doran, you should hand him one of your meat pies then. I'm all out. <laughs> Doran doesn't have any meat pies for a rock gnome. <laughs> <laughs> He's all crabby. You gave the last one to the rat. So Max is going to ask, all right, so one last, one last question. You say that the crystal keys are not the only means of entry into a secured vault or area so what else would a client or potential thief need to be able to use the key and then gain access 
he says <clears throat> that it depends on the security package that the person purchased. And he brings out an example of a deadbolt that would go into a door. Um, and the deadbolt is actually kind of hooked at one end, and it's got a very intricate key. He says, you know, we make these locks to be very, you know, borderline impossible to pick. It takes an incredible level of skill to get through something like this. And some of the some of the uh, estates that have been robbed, uh, you know, had security packages that were good enough that they shouldn't have been able to bypass those locks and those mechanisms. That those alone would have been good enough to keep people out. But somebody who can walk through stone can just deactivate the rest. Which is why the wards are in place, I suppose. Yes. That's the idea. The idea is that <clears throat> the wards are supposed to stop magical uh, intrusion and that the the mechanical stuff is supposed to stop corporeal intrusion. Um, but when Doran says people, if people can walk through rocks, he sort of, he looks over and he, he you know, very quickly starts jotting stuff down and he goes, yes, the rocks, we hadn't anticipated that uh, we could, you know, and... Uh, include a matrix of, uh, and starts, you know, some techno-magical mumbo-jumbo about things that they can include in, you know, plaster and, and that sort of thing. All right. Well, it seems like we have our work cut out for us then. Um, you have no suspects, but we have a list of clients whose keys were stolen. Uh, we... And Max will turn and kind of gesture at the group. Agree to keep this between ourselves and you until such time that we figure this out. Um, do we have an agreement? He nods enthusiastically and is able to glance briefly away from the Countess to make eye contact with you. <laughs> Her mouth is just a very thin, thin line at this point. <laughs> Let me be clear. She's very good at what she does. Another audible <laughs> gulp. The, her smile, actually, her straight line breaks into a smile. <laughs> <laughs> and then Max points at Celine and says... She's also really good at what she does. Celine will bow <laughs> like a little curtsy. Max is going to hand him a business card because always be branding. And please don't hesitate to contact us if you have any new information. We work very discreetly, but we also have very... Uh, robust contacts with the Waterdeep City Guard. So, take that however you want it. He takes the card and and files it into a Rolodex on his desk. The Countess is going to uh, take out her fan uh, and f flick it at him, like just fan him a little bit, and then with Thaumaturgy just have like a gust of, of uh, breeze that it sort of go over him and disengage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Doran will pull a meat pie out of his pack and put it on the table and say a traditional gnomish goodbye in gnomish. 
Oh yes, you should you should use that as a sample for us for a horrid smell. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to track. <laughs> He gives you the same goodbye, but then as he catches a whiff of that pie, he starts making notes again. He's like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's for eating. <laughs> Max will let everyone, like, file out of the office and will be the last one to leave. And will also turn and will also say, in Gnomish, don't mess around with us. This is really important to me. He says, got it, but he doesn't look up from his notes that he's taking. All right, cool. So you guys are, are leaving the factory, the the security office? Correct. Okay. Um, so you get outside and they, they close the doors behind you. Dusk is starting to fall on Waterdeep at this, uh, at this point. Um, Brad, I want you to go ahead and make a nature check for me. Okay. 19. Okay, so Brad, you hear the call of a red-crested purple ridge, which is a bird that is not native to Waterdeep. It is native to Amun. What sort of sound is it making? I can actually, Doran can actually communicate with small animals without using animal speech. It's a forest gnome thing. Oh. So I might be able to decipher a little something from its, its cawing. It, it is not a small animal making this sound. Oh, so, okay. The red-crested purple ridge is a small bird. But the sound is coming from a, not a small creature? Um, what direction is it from? Ahead of you, to your right, and slightly elevated. Is there any visu- visual cue in that direction? Roll a perception check. Can owlbears mimic things? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Six. Um, you don't you don't see anything. Dorn will point. Something's over there. I, I don't know what it is. It's weird. Would Max's passive twenty have noticed it? Um, your passive twenty is enough to tell you that uh, someone is watching you. Uh, I would like to make an active check then to see if I can figure out what it is. Uh, so that's fifteen on the dice. <laughs> oh, a twenty uh, rolled for an active check. Yeah, so given um, given your sort of awareness that someone is watching you and Brad's uh, or Doran, uh, Doran's ability to kind of point you in the general direction, you can see that there is someone on the rooftop looking down um, and they kind of dart out of view a little bit as you see them. And... We are fairly certain that this person that is watching us made the noise of a red-crested purple ridge. That's spy stuff. We're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, that would be a good guess. Max is gonna. Max is gonna take off after. Let's let's do this. Let's go. Let's. Where's where's my acrobat? All right, Celine. Let's go. Let's go. So, Celine, are you gonna try to like scale the side of the building to get up there and give chase? Yes. Okay. And Max is going to try to follow as well. Okay. You can hold on to my tail. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you probably could. This is another thing I desperately want fan art of. Celine scaling the side of the building with Max, like, hanging onto her tail and (laughs) flapping in the wind. (laughs) Okay. uh, uh, Doran... 
Countess and Ledger. What do you want to do? Uh, Doran turns into an ape, uh, and, which has a climb speed. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And goes to follow as well. Yeah, whoa. Can we, like, toss Max okay. back and forth while we're climbing? That would be hilarious. We probably could. <laughs> Uh, no, please. No, no, please. <laughs> I think the Countess is going to follow from below, uh, but she's also just going to to whisper, um, well, I suppose fortune favors the brave and uh, cast uh, Pass Without Trace um, and let Ledger know that um, if you'd like to follow me, we should, um, we should be rather unseen, I think. I follow the Countess. That's smart. That's smart. As Max sees the person, the figure on the roof that's watching us, uh, he's going to turn and he's going to say, Celine, let's go get him and point. And then we'll all spring into action. Let's go bananas. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Selena's going to go, you got it, Max. And then scoop him up with her tail before climbing. I'm so sorry. You're not sorry, Brad. Hey, I've got a I've got a plus five in acrobatics. I can I can make this work. Doran and Celine, please make your climbing or acrobatics checks. Um Max, you can also make one, but you can make one assisted because you've got an ape and a acrobat on either side of you. I have a 16 on the dice, so 21 total acrobatics. No problem there. Yeah. M- mine was 14 on the dice, so 20 acrobatics. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. Doran? The ape has a climb speed of 30, which means he doesn't need to roll anything. He can just oh, climb. Yep, there you go. Okay, so you all scurry up the side of the building. Countess and Ledger, you see an alleyway on the side of the building that is in the general direction that the shape was headed. Um, And you also have Pass Without Trace, so you're able to just sort of uh, slide in there. Um, At this point, because dusk is falling, the, the marketplace area is starting to quiet down a little bit. People are closing up their shops. <clears throat> um, the, there, are fewer, there, uh, there are fewer pedestrians. Um, and this alleyway is generally deserted um, as you enter it. So you're not you know, fighting a crush of traffic or anything like that. You're just able to enter this alleyway uh, and there you go. So we're gonna do a couple things simultaneously. Countess and Ledger, when you get into the alleyway, you can see two figures crouched as if preparing for a, a group to be entering. Like these, it's two figures that are lying in wait to to spring a trap, basically. On top of the building, Doran, Celine, and Max. Oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> So off camera, I think that Ledger has his daggers with him. I seem to remember tucking them into his vest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise I was going to ask the Countess for a weapon. Um, so you are on top of the building and you see as you crest the, the lip, the figure that was there is conferring with two others. Um, the, there is a human male 
and he's wearing kind of like a loose fitting white shirt. Um, he's got uh, tall black boots and a cutlass is hanging at his belt. And next to him is uh, an indiscernible figure. It's just a person in a robe and the robe has some patches on it. And it doesn't look like it's an old ratty robe with patches on it. It looks like actually just a well put together robe with three random patches sewn on. What are the patches? Can we see from here? Yes, they're just solid colored patches. Um, there's a, a blue one, a white one, uh, and then kind of an off gray one. Blue, white, off gray? That's right. And then the third figure is sort of another figure kind of similar to the first. Um, this is the one that was actually at the, the uh, edge of the building and then retreated back to the other two. Have they noticed us? They are just noticing you as I finish giving their description. These figures are down in the alley and the others are up on the rooftop still, right? That's right. There are two figures down in the alley, three up on the roof. Five in total. Five in total, okay. Five in total. Uh, the one in the robe, is it the same height as the other two or? Yeah, more or less. It's not, you know, Goliath or halfling height. It is around human height. And what do the figures in the alley look like? Shrouded. They are are not 100% discernible, but you see one has a crossbow. The other has um, another cutlass. And they are unaware of the Countess and Ledger. That's right. The ones in the alley have not noticed the Countess and Ledger. Got it. Okay, cool. They, they look as if they're preparing for someone to run in at any moment. Um, okay, so as you guys get up to the top at least we'll do this first the figure with the cutlass at his waist the one that the other two seem to be deferring to a little bit he steps forward um, and he's got his thumbs tucked into his belt uh, he's got a bit of a swagger uh, and he says oi Alfay, these are the mugs fit for a Donnybrook not a jammy set for you my lads uh what <laughs> Mm -hmm. I think that Ledger would understand what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> can he hear him? I don't speak thieves can't. You can you, uh, roll a roller perception check. Uh, that would be a 19. Yeah, so you hear someone from the top of the building say, Hey, my fellows, I believe these are the gentlemen uh, that we have been sent here to fight with. Uh, it doesn't look good for them. Uh, Celine, Max, and Doran, you have no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Celine is just going to answer back in Infernal. That's what you think, but it's going to come out demonic. The lead guy responds, you take me for a twit with that yonkin. You trying to give me welly? Well, I tell you what, old son. You're just a dog's dinner, and it'll be donkey's ears before you're the duck. Has he drawn his weapon yet? Nope, not yet. Uh, how far are the two in the alley away from the Countess and the ones above? Um, uh, two stories. The building is two stories tall. Um, Countess and Ledger, as you hear this going on up there... 
Um, you also see the two in front of you sort of looking around and they can hear that something is going on up there too. Uh, and there's a ladder set into the side of the wall that they start making for. All right. The Countess is going to message Ledger and say, Perhaps we should take up the rear and ensure they have no means of getting back down. I know folks like these, and uh, I agree. We should make sure that they don't leave. Oh, excellent. I do like how you play. And when, when the Countess says that Ledger pulls a dagger out of the left side of his vest and uh, just kind of make sure that it doesn't glean as, as he does it um, and gets ready. Well, he's still, he's still got like a plus 10 on any stealth <laughs> check, so... Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, so as, as, they're, um, as Ledger and the Countess are, are um, heading up, uh, what the Countess wants to do is uh, she wants to cast Bane as soon as she can on three of the um, villains, inclu- uh, making sure that she includes uh, what looks like the leader. Oh, I've got it. So you're following, you're following the two up. Yes. And then attacking from behind. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, before we do that, we'll do the last line of dialogue that I researched. Uh, the the lead guy draws his cutlass, and he says, "Enough fannying about horses for courses. I'm humping for a Saturday night square up, and this round looks a snap." And then everyone rolls initiative, and then. Um, We'll start up with a fight. Jammy Dodgers and other weird British slang and initiative rolls all coming up in the next episode of The Omni's Dragon. Hello there, I'm Jason, your producer, also Max the Goblin Detective. Thanks for listening. We always appreciate the fact that everybody listens to the show. We've been getting a lot of feedback on uh, the the latest couple of episodes, and that's always really cool. And uh, we've received some really cool ratings on Apple Podcasts, which really helps us. So um, I know we say it every week, but if you would go and you would review us or rate us or do whatever uh, in whichever podcast forum that you get your podcast from we really appreciate it because it helps put eyes on the product as it were and you know always be branding as max would say also as usual i want to say a huge thank you to tabletop audio tabletopaudio.com they graciously allow us to use all of their sound effects and music for free and uh, if you want to check them out, you can. TabletopAudio.com. They have 10-minute audio scapes for any tabletop gaming use. They have sound pads with a bunch of sound effects, and you can set things up and time it all out and press play when you need to. It's super cool. If you feel like chipping in, you can. Tim has a Patreon. We are subscribers, and uh, as subscribers, we get access to the alternate tracks for a bunch of the soundscapes that he makes. And it's really cool, and we really appreciate it. So thank you, Tabletop Audio. We will always really appreciate it. That's going to do it for us this week. A little bit shorter of an episode, but next time, lots of good stuff on the way. Don't forget, we have my 10,000th tweet contest thing going on. We're trying to get the adventure they wrote 
Twitter following up to 500 followers. As soon as we do that, I'm going to draw a winner and we're going to get some uh, tabletop loot dice and a cantrip candle out to a winner. It's going to be pretty cool. So if you know anybody who is not following Adventure They Wrote on Twitter, let them know that they can. They should do that. Get us up to 500 and we'll we'll have some winners. It'll be great. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening and stay tuned next time for more mystery.